can't have one without the other. You can't have actions without words. No one will get saved that way. Nobody. Because they need to hear. How will they believe in him of whom they have not heard? Hey everybody, welcome back to the Serving Christ in Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jake Olson, and I'm excited that you're back with us again today to talk about some of the things that will help us in honoring God in the way we work. The email for the show is servingchristinhealthcare at gmail.com, servingchristinhealthcare at gmail.com, and please, I invite your emails, I invite your questions and comments, and we'll be going through a lot of those in the future, and so I look forward to hearing from you guys. And just to let you know, I know I'm saying that we're going to be going through emails a lot on the show, and these first couple shows, we won't be doing them at all, and you might be wondering, hey, what's going on? I thought he was going to be going through some emails with us. And I will get to those, but just so you know, I did pre-record several of these episodes before releasing even the first one. So some of these were already recorded before you heard even the first episode of the podcast. So that's why we're not doing emails for a few episodes, but we will get to those. And I look forward to that time with you guys. So today's topic is kind of the keystone of what it means to be a Christian at work. And that would be sharing the gospel. And I just want to take some time in this episode to talk about why sharing the gospel is important. And, you know, what are some ways that we can share the gospel at work? What are some of the challenges that healthcare brings in sharing the gospel with people at our work? And so I just want to talk about some of those things and think about some of these things with you. And I welcome and look forward to your emails with comments or questions about this topic as well. So just to talk about why it's important for us to think about, I think it's important for us to think about because if we're not thinking about it, if we're not thinking about how we can improve, what are some areas that we might be able to be more bold in sharing the gospel or where we might be able to just slip some things in creatively that might invite a gospel conversation or just invite conversation about the Bible or about church in general, if we're not thinking about those things, then those things are probably not going to happen. And they're certainly not going to get better and more frequent if we're not thinking about how we can make those areas better and more frequent. So that's why it's important for us to think about, you know, Jesus said in the Great Commission, you know, go out into all the world preaching the gospel. And so that's something that we're called to do even if we're in healthcare. This isn't something that's reserved for the people that are working in ministry, for the pastors and evangelists and missionaries. It's not reserved just for them. This is the duty of every Christian. And so it's something that I think we should think about. And that's why we're talking about it today. So one kind of misconception that I think is pretty common in the American church today is that sharing the gospel is only about our actions and not about our words. Just be an example by the things you do, but you don't have to say anything about it. And what I would say is that sharing the gospel is not just about being a good example. It's not less than being a good example, but it is more than being a good example. I think what happens is we we tend to take this verse, Matthew 5, 16, that says, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And we take that verse 
and we think to ourselves, okay, I got to let my light shine. I got to be a good person. I got to set an example. And that is how people will eventually give glory to God is they'll see those works in me and they'll trace that light up as it were to the sun and give glory to whom it is due. And I think that that way of thinking about it has some flaws and I'll talk about those here. And I think what can happen is sharing the gospel is hard. You know, we go out on a limb, we put ourselves out there, we risk dirty looks, we risk being treated differently. And so when we see a verse that that seems to say on the face of it that, well, you don't really need to say anything, you know, you just need to be a good example there. Then we can take that verse, we'll pair it with our idea that, you know, it's a little nerve wracking to share the gospel. We pair that with our reservations about speaking about Jesus Christ and about the gospel. And we say, okay, I don't actually need to speak. I don't actually need to say any words. And that's not right. And there's a variety of reasons why that's the case, and we'll go through those. One verse that really brings this out is Romans 10:14, and it goes like this. It says, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? So this verse is saying, and all these are questions where the implied answer should come to your mind. So how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? Answer, they will not. How are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? Answer, they will not. How are they to hear without someone preaching? Answer, they will not. So we need someone to be preaching in order for them to hear. We need them to hear in order for them to believe. And we need them to believe in order for them to call on him. And as Matthew 5.16 says, give glory to your Father who is in heaven. So these things are necessary. We need people to be preaching, to be teaching, to be saying the gospel. This is not reserved for those who do it professionally, as it were, but this is for every Christian to do as Jesus commanded us. And so I want to point out, though, that actions are important. Our actions are important as a foundation to share the gospel from, but we need words in order for there to be a gospel to preach. There has to be something shared. There has to be some explanation of the light, as it were, in our good works. A light by itself is is nothing if we don't know how to interpret it. If there's no words accompanying our actions, then our actions are left open to interpretation. And I, I have a couple examples of this. So one analogy that I was thinking about is, let's say there's someone who is lost at sea. They're on a boat, they're floating around, they have no idea where they are or what's going on. And let's say, hypothetically, that this person has no idea what a lighthouse is. Now, obviously, someone at sea knows what a lighthouse is. But in this analogy, they do not. They have no idea what it is. They're floating around, they're lost, they're shipwrecked, whatever, right? They don't know where they're going. They see a light in the distance. And they see it, and they have no idea what it is. What are they going to do? Are they going to take their boat straight to it? I don't know. It could be anything. It could be danger. It could be safety. It could be whatever. They don't know that the lighthouse, that that's where they need to go to be safe, that that's where their salvation is. So how are they to know that that's what it is if they are not told what a lighthouse is? And we can think of the converse of this as well. Let's say you tell someone, 
hey, you're talking to this person who's floating around at sea, lost. You, call, you ring him up on the phone. You say, hey, there's a lighthouse here. You'll see it. You'll come on in. It's where the safety is. So they go to this area that you specified, but there's no light. There's supposed to be a light there. There's no light. What are they going to do? They're going to be like, what? I'm going to ignore everything that guy told me. Like everything he said is false. There, there's no safety here. There's no, there's no light. There's nothing to, for me to follow to see as evidence of the words that he is speaking. And the same thing goes for our actions and then our words of sharing the gospel. If we share the gospel, but we have no actions underneath that as a foundation for someone to look at our lives and say, yes, that's exactly right. I see what he is saying and how it has worked out in their life. Then that is when they know what the lighthouse is. They know that it's safety and they see it and they go to it. You can't have one without the other. You can't have actions without words. No one will get saved that way. Nobody. Because they need to hear. How will they believe in him of whom they have not heard? How are they to hear without someone preaching? Actions will not save anybody. Words, the gospel, is the power for salvation to those who believe. So, we need words, but we also need the actions. Words without actions are empty because... If someone is telling you about what is the most important thing in the world to them, but their life demonstrates something completely different, they're going to treat your words as a bunch of garbage, and they're not going to care. So that's one example of light being paired with words. So in the other example that I was thinking of, you know, in this Matthew 5.16, in the Sermon on the Mount, right before that is talking about salt and light, right? So light is on a hill. You can't, should not hide it, right? It's meant to display its brightness. And then salt, if it's lost its saltiness, what good is it? So for example, if we take the salt as an example, let's say someone sits down to eat. They have their food in front of them. There's salt sitting on the table, but they have no idea what it is. They're not going to use it. It's just going to sit there. Who knows what it could be? It might be dangerous. I don't know what it is. And that's the same as if we have actions without words. They don't, they don't know what it is. They don't know what to do with it. But on the converse, let's say you tell someone, hey, salt is great for your food. You should put it on it. It's going to make it awesome. It's what you're looking for. And then they sit down at the table and there's no salt. They're going to take your words worth a grain of salt. No pun intended. So we need the words. We need the action as well. So that when someone sits down, they've heard about the salt. They can see the salt is on the table. They can put it on their food and they can taste and see. Right? So those are a couple examples. We need both. We need actions and we need words. Again, no one gets saved just by actions. It doesn't happen. And there's multiple other places in the Bible that talk about this and that testify to this. And I encourage you to think about these passages that are saying this. If, if you find yourself... Uh, you know, disagreeing. I don't like what he's saying. I don't think that's true. I, you know, if you find yourself feeling this way, don't listen. Don't listen to my words. Listen to the words of God and, and decide for yourself what it is that God is saying to you. So I want to talk about next about some of the challenges that specifically we face in healthcare to sharing the gospel. There's a lot of them. And one of them that has been a something that I've noticed for myself is that there is limited contact often with specific patients or even coworkers, right? So patients, you see them, how often? 
I, you know, the ones that I see most often, maybe once every week or two, probably once every couple weeks, I see them for maybe 30 seconds to a minute. And in some professions, that's the case even with coworkers. Now I work right next to my coworkers constantly all the time. So I have a lot of time with them, but in a lot of healthcare environments, that's not the case. You know, you don't get to have these one hour lunch breaks where you all sit down at the table with your coworkers and talk about whatever, you know, you might not even get a break. You don't get to eat lunch, maybe. So there's a lot of time that we don't have to share the gospel with people. So that that's an obstacle. And we'll talk about some ways to overcome these obstacles in a little bit. Another obstacle is that it's too busy. You know, it's too busy to talk. That's one of the main obstacles I face as well. If there's not someone calling in or someone coming to get something or someone asking you a question, that's almost always the case. Like there's, there's always someone to help. There's always someone there that needs your help. So there's often just quite frankly too much to do, too busy to talk. So that's an obstacle to sharing the gospel with coworkers specifically who you're working side by side with. And finally, the third thing that I was thinking of as a challenge to healthcare in sharing the gospel is pressures from your employer to be unbiased. And a lot of people, especially working in hospitals, are government employees. And so this is particularly an issue for them a pressure to stay unbiased, to not share your faith with others, to keep it to yourself, to just be at peace with everyone, etc., etc., etc. You know, I don't necessarily have a lot of problems with that, with my employer, with pressures to be unbiased. But it's certainly something where, in the in the American environment that we live in, that if someone reports you, anyone could report you. And say, hey, this person is saying this and that, and they're trying to force their faith on me and blah, blah, blah. You know, that's always a concern and a risk and something that we have to overcome. Because we're called to serve God in the way that we share the gospel. So just some things that I try to do personally. And I look forward to emails from you guys with things that you guys try to do. We're here to help each other and to learn more ways that we can honor God And so I look forward to hearing what you guys do. But here are just some things that I try to do. I try to mention biblical topics in conversation and not necessarily, you know, sharing the gospel, but just phrases that might elicit further questioning. I tend to invite further conversation. I kind of think of it as fishing. You cast many, many times and often it gets completely ignored. No, no one, no one converses with me further about it. And that's just how it is. It's the nature of it. But every once in a while, someone bites. And now they're asking me questions about faith or the Bible or my beliefs or church or whatever. So I have a couple examples. One of the technicians that I was working with is a younger guy. And we're talking about money. And he's talking about, oh, he wants to be a, a rich pharmacist someday. And that's what he was looking forward to. And I just said to him, that money isn't what drives me. You know, kind of fishing, hoping for the natural follow-up question, which is, well, what does drive you? And that's exactly what I got. He did ask me, and that led to us staying late and having a 45-minute conversation about what the gospel is. 
So that's just one of those times where it paid off. But for each time where someone does respond with the question that I think would naturally come, or for each time where I casually throw out something from the Bible or a verse or some phrase that's only used in Christianity generally, for each time where someone does follow up and ask me a question about it, there's a hundred times where I get no response at all. And so that's just the nature of it. That's going to happen. And we just keep plugging away, hoping for that one time where someone will ask us about it and ask us about our faith. Another example that I have is I was just talking with one of my coworkers and talking about this and that. And she had asked like, Jake, where can I, you know, you're so wise. Where can I get more wisdom like you? And I said, well, you want to get some wisdom? Why don't you read the book of Proverbs? And obviously I didn't say it as casually as that, but basically that's what I said. And obviously I was hoping for further questions. And sure enough, she started talking about her experience with reading the Bible and asking me about it and my experience with reading the Bible. And it was a good conversation for having a conversation with someone who we've never talked about anything like that before. So that's another example. One thing that I know my wife would do a lot is talk about church, you know, on Mondays. Hey, how was your weekend? Oh, yeah, I went to church. And, you know, they asked you. So you have a license to talk about what it is that you did on your weekend. You can tell them what you talked about at church. That's not off limits. One time a year that is awesome for that is Easter. Because you can ask, how was Easter? And someone has to ask you back to be polite. Good, how was your Easter? And that's a license to preach, my friends. And so I encourage you to take that opportunity to do that. Another way that I try to share the gospel with people at work is by inviting people to church. So it's not necessarily me sharing the gospel explicitly with them, but bringing them to a place where they can hear the gospel preached. And I bet that if you can think about people at work, either patients or coworkers, you can think of at least one or maybe more people that if you invited them to church, they wouldn't flat out reject it. They would at least think about it, right? With a chance that they might say yes. And so I would encourage you to take that chance about inviting people to your church and exposing them to the gospel in different ways. And I've tried that a few times. It has not worked more times than it has. You know, people have not come more than they have, but for the ones that have, or for the opportunities that that has opened up just for me inviting them, those are worth it. I promise you they're worth it. And finally, the thing that is important that we talked about earlier is that your actions back up your words. So I've been at the same work location for a long time now, and I have a history of actions, an action foundation as it were. And when people hear the words that I say now, they can look back at the years and years of experiences that they have with me and how they've seen me act in different situations over many years. And this is a powerful part of our witness. If they're able to see what we've acted like over the years and then connect it to our words, it gives our words meaning. And so I encourage you to try and set that action foundation in your life so that when you do share the gospel, people can look at your life as an example of it and say, yep, what he's saying is true. He believes it. And we need that. We need that foundation in order to share the gospel from. And I know it's hard. Another thing that might be a challenge in healthcare is that sometimes you're not always at one work location. And so it's hard to build that foundation. But we have to, in the long term, try to do that with whoever we can. 
and just to try to be a witness in the things that we do. And hopefully that will help us when we then have an opportunity to share the gospel with someone. One thing that I know might be hard is when do I even say something? I don't know when to say something about it. You know, when do I bring it up? And one thing that I have come to realize is that there will be times where there's an occasion to talk to someone about it and I have the words in my mind. Like God God will give us those words in those times. And when you have the words to say and you have the occasion to say it, that's when you should be speaking. To not speak in those times, to me, would be quenching the spirit and not following the lead of God in your heart. So let's try to be in tune with that. Let's try to be in tune with how God's moving in our heart and moving us to speak and giving us words to say and the opportunity to say it and following through and following God's lead in those situations. Those are just some thoughts that I had on sharing the gospel at work and in healthcare. And I look forward to hearing other ideas that you guys have. So please email those in. Again, the email for the show is servingchristinhealthcare at gmail.com. And in the future, I would love to come back to this topic and go through the ideas that you guys have and just talk about different ways that we can share the gospel at our work. That's all we have for today. Look forward to hearing from you guys and talking with you guys next time. Have a good day and God bless your work.